Magandang araw, podmates! Our next guest, Dr. Michael Tan, a medical anthropologist, has had a distinguished career as an educator, including a memorable stint as UP Diliman Chancellor. His field is medical anthropology, but writes on many cultural topics in his column, Pinoy Kasi, in the Philippine Daily Inquirer. Welcome to the pod at magandang araw sa'yo, Dr. Michael Tan. Thank you, Awi. Good to see you again and to talk again. Yes, great, great to see you again, uh, Mike. No, bangkating ko lang sa sa listeners, Mike, because you know uh, they may have noticed uh, some familiarity between the two of us. Uh, 1986, patay ng kakilala, no? At uh, noon, uh, kaya kita nakilala dahil gumagawa ka pa ng uh, health newsletter sa papel, papel pa noon, no? Delivered to sa mga opisina and uh, paaralan. It was a very, it was a well-respected and uh, well-informed newsletter sa kanyang select audience, no? Na mga health officials, academics, NGOs, etc. Uh, isa ako sa subscribers mo, Mike, no? But it was very analog, obviously, 1986 pa to, no? Ngayon, ang mga newsletter katulad niyan, health alert, di ba? Email na, wala ng papel, it's shared on Facebook. Tanong ko, with your long perspective, at alam ko, this is a broad question, uh, Mike, no? Are we better off with social media considering all the harm and benefits we know about now? As a medium to get to people ang laking pagbabago dito because we we'd no longer have health alert no but we're talking about bringing it back if we do bring it back noon yung we had a print run of 1000 which which was supposed to be very high no for a newsletter an ngo newsletter mm-hmm. today easily if we were to use the internet not to email it out we could easily hit 10000 easily na no? including when you think about uh, the webinars that we've been holding no? Uh, when I have webinars with Ateneo, for example, umaabot ng 2,000 minsan. No? I had one with the National Academy of Science and Technology, 2,000 plus no, people. And easily all of them could become subscribers, right? Because they'd be interested and they'd say, how do we keep updated? Just to interrupt lang, uh, Mike, and these people attending your webinars are in different parts of the world. Unlike before the, before the webinar days, no, they'd all have to gather in one room to listen to you. No? Uh, wala pa masyadong Facebook Live noon. So that's another consideration. It was expensive yeah. uh, organizing, even for domestic conferences. No? So now the reach is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, the, the potential for harm is also just as great. When I say harm here, we're talking about the infodemic mm-hmm. of of fake news, of misinformation, and and the worst, of course, is disinformation. And we know it's no longer... Initially, I remember talking with Maria Ressa about it too. No? I said, wag mo nang pansinin nung ayan. She said, naku, Mike, be careful. This is going to be a big problem. Prophet, prophetic siya. No? Na, so this is a while back? Yeah. Actually, not that far back. No? Maybe five or six years ago. But who would have seen it? I mean, we... I underestimated it. Now, you have troll farms, right? Mm-hmm. Trolls are, for our readers, I think all of you know what trolls are. But my, mm-hmm. my local term is nuno sa internet. No? If you have nuno sa punso causing illness, <laughs> if you have nuno sa internet. And we know they're funded by China and Russia. And this is why I think Atlantic Month, the Atlantic Magazine just has an article out warning about, we're talking about the global problem of autocrats. No? It's not just our Duterte. It's also... Putin and Bolsonaro in Brazil. 
And she says they're all linked up no, in terms of troll farms there. No? Uh, I worry about China in the next election. They will probably be pushing their weight around through trolls as well. No? So sinasidya ito. And it's not just about politics, but it's about daily life as well. And, and there's reason to do this as well. No? Put down on the healthcare system there of another country to show that they're inferior to yours. No? I mean, you're talking about China and the United States. Just all these debates about where the pandemic started no? has slowed down the attempts to actually pinpoint how it started, which we need to know no? to control it. So, nakakatakot. No? I see it with my students as well. I have a graduate class just the other week. They were telling me, hirap na hirap sila sa mga kamag-anak, sa mga... And this is in relation to the Marcos Jr. I don't want to call him Bongbong. Marcos Jr. Ano, all his claims na and you're talking about the middle class actually believing this, no? Na, tapos sinasabi kasi ang kausap nila, mga UP students, and they actually say, gawa-gawa lang yan ng mga UP professors, mga komunista yan. So they, they're swallowing it, hook, line, sinker. No? And my students are so desperate. And I want to tell them, and I did tell them, kayaan mo. And I said, naku, I'm sounding like what I said to Maria Ressa years ago. No? But maybe nga we were... While we were asleep, meaning we didn't we didn't see the dangers, uh, they were building up. No? We know that what's the name of that group that bought up all these social media information, uh, Analytica, Cambridge Analytica. Well, nabanggit mo ano na may mga naniniwala na ayun nga gawa-gawa lang na mga tega UP. Of course, you were chancellor of UP Diliman, which was famously or infamously red tagged. Yes. Uh, yeah, and sitting in mo nagkaroon ng effect yon people actually believed what they were saying uh, what the people who were red tagging uh, UP uh, were saying uh, talagang maraming naniwala na you're 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 a hotbed of communists and all of that the red tagging is important and, and, and that that's disturbing but it's more it's really meant more to intimidate the UP people my concern is what the misinformation is doing to the average voter. Kasi ang lumalabas ngayon, and this is why I said while we were sleeping, ha, nag-launch talaga ng campaign, maraming production sa YouTube that are reinventing the Marcos family. No? You know, their interviews with Bongbong about how he would look forward to going home, to the cooking of his mother. That was so smart. No, You're, you're repainting them as your average Filipino family, loving family. How can people like that steal from the... Hindi yan mag-aanong ng kaban ng bayan. You see this, this reinvention of, of that family na nga. We didn't foresee that how that becomes the foundation then for people to say, no, imposible silang magnanakaw. Look how loving they are. They're a family that loves each other. I know that's so odious to men. <laughs> but that, no. it's getting through. Yeah, but, but what what I've been wondering about Mike, no? Because sa mainstream media, naman, uh, you don't see that those myths being spread, no? It is sabi mga nasa nasa YouTube, but mainstream media, television programs. I mean, coming sa GMA Seven, we've covered you know the martial law years. We even had a teledrama starring Alden uh, Richards, our, our one of our biggest stars, no? Playing the role of a human rights uh, victim, uh, etc. I mean, it's not like Mainstream media has ignored uh, the issues, no? It's there's a constant reminder every time uh, the anniversary, martial anniversary comes around, or uh, Nino Aquino's uh, assassination anniversary uh, comes around. So, could it be that the effect or the influence of 
social media now is greater than mainstream media and that's not to mention a lot of the books that have come out by there's not a single uh, historical book uh, or at least a you know credible <laughs> uh, history book that's propagating these myths no very detailed documentation of uh, abuse and hidden wealth and and the record during that time no so ganun na ba kalaki yung influence na it's actually outweighing social media or youtube are now outweighing the impact of mainstream media and um, even even you know the education that schools like UP are providing. We know the the statistics, but the surveys of media utilization, right? Mm-hmm. And now the, the internet platforms are way up there. That write for the Inquirer, and mm-hmm. I'm now down to once a week. And everything's malipis na ngayon. No? You really wonder people are reading uh, how much they're reading there, no? So mukhang mas malakas talaga ang internet platforms. But I did want to say also that yes, napakahalaga nga that we have talked about human rights violations and we, we thank mass media for that. But I've been pushing lately na the X, Y, and Z generations, do they know of the impact? The human rights thing is a bit abstract for, for some of them, but what did it do to family life? No? And when I tell my students about what it was like, you know, how how my parents would worry, you know, and they knew I was not one of the radical ones who would go up to the mountains, right? And, but they were worried. At night, if you hear vehicles in the streets and you know there's a curfew, the vehicles have to be the military. They knew of the raids. They were afraid. You know? They were always talking about that. Don't be stupid. You know, the military picks you up. We might never see you again. They don't know what I saw in rural areas, as many of us did, of mothers trying to get their children to sleep and actually telling them, this has happened in Kalinga once, a Kalinga mother was trying to get her baby who was crying to sleep. And you know what she was doing? She was saying, soldado, soldado, which means soldado, soldado. She was saying, soldiers, there are soldiers out there. Mm. Can you imagine, instead of a lullaby, what did this do to our family life? So the Marcoses can talk about how loving they were. Do they know what they did to the families out there? Not just the disappearance, not just the human rights violations. It's the day-to-day, how this fear and paranoia becomes part of everyday life. And do we want that again? This is not being brought out, I think. But at the same time, for those without a memory of that, that can also seem abstract, diba? Right? It's 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 fresh for people who lived through all of that, no? But I wanted to ask you, Mike, about the about COVID, no? Because it's related to this discussion then of, of social media and then what influences people's thoughts about it, no? Help us understand. Sa mga rankings kasi sa mundo, kolela tayo pagdating sa handling ng COVID pandemic on, on a range of uh, indexes, no? Sa latest Nikkei Recovery Index, for example, last tayo sa 121 countries pagdating sa infection control, vaccination, at mobility. Yung mobility, ibig sabihin yun, uh, yung, it's related to all these quarantines and lockdowns and uh, yung pagbubukas ng economy and all that. And then, hanggang ngayon, ano, tayo na lang ang bansa na hindi pa nagbubukas ng in-person classes, although now there's a timetable, but Almost all the countries in the world now have in-person classes, you know, with various safety protocols. Tayo, wala pa tayong lakas loob, no, para gawin ito. Obviously, that's also a reflection of of uh, the management of the pandemic. No? So my question, Mike, is how much of this problem, this apparent inability to handle probably the biggest crisis of our time, is due to cultural issues? 
that's what it's often projected as, no, na, especially because we have a military-controlled uh, task force. No? And it's very convenient to keep saying, tigas ng ulo ng Filipino, pasaway, and all of this. Despite the statistics showing that we are very conforming. And, you know, I always tell people, ang totoong pasaway, mga kano. They refuse to wear their masks. They refuse to get their vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. We used to attract, governments used to send, send their scholars to us no, to take public health and engineering mm-hmm. and all of that. No? Because we had an advanced public health system up to the 1950s. We were producing vaccines. No? We produce our own BCG for TB. We produce our own rabies. No? We were a model. And then hinayaan, no? the public health system which wasn't that strong, but we allowed ourselves, we followed the U.S. model, which was mainly the private sector. We did not have a national health service like Britain did. Uh, you'll see that the Commonwealth countries like India and Malaysia also set up a public health care system. Look at India, they're producing their own vaccines. Of course, they, they had problems with their crazy prime minister as well, but, but they've recovered pretty much. So, we are now in a situation where we are totally dependent on the outside world for our, not just for the vaccines, but for, for medicines. Our information system is very weak because we never really built it up. In fairness, I'd say the early years after 86, under Dr. Bergson and, mm-hmm. and his very helpful executive assistant at that time, <laughs> Dr. Flavier, medyo ano, no? There, there were efforts really to do public education campaigns. And then it lagged off. Eh? It, the health department has been very bad with communications. No? I know they have a good team right now, but their hands are tied. Eh? Kaya yung messaging, ang hirap. Eh? There's lack of consistency. Look at the shields thing. We're the only country in the world until today, incidentally. No? It's now optional. But we insisted on the shields. No? Every time I run into friends from China, no? I always tell them, why aren't you using a shield? Said, we don't believe in shields. I said, I know, I'm just, that's a trick question because I, these shields are made in China. You are not required to wear shields in China. So why are you dumping it on us? And they laugh and they said, you know the answer. It's, it's a corruption again, right? Think of the millions of pesos spent for those shields. Pero sabi ni Dr. Salvana, science-based daw yung uh, shields based. mandate. Oh God. No. And look, now they're withdrawing it. No? They put up the plastic dividers. They emphasize the wrong things. No? So they put up the plastic dividers in jeepneys and they said, hindi na kailangan. But you know, DepEd is requiring all their teachers to put up these, these dividers naman in the schools that are going to have face-to-face. Nakakaawa talagang So we're emphasizing the wrong things. So what should we be emphasizing? What are the right things to emphasize? We should be emphasizing if we had a good public health care system, we should be empowering the health workers to, to mobilize people, to reassure them. Ang tingin ng mga tao sa healthcare workers is ano eh, parang assistant ng mga police to look for people who are infected and to put them into quarantine. You know, people are hiding their family members with, with, uh, who are infected. No? They should be teaching us. WHO is talking a lot now about self-care. No? So I'll give you another example. These rapid antigen tests. In Britain, you can call and get your free test it's sent to you no? so you can test your own family. Dito, binabawal pa rin nila. No? Although, of course, it's sold all over Shopee. 
<laughs> and at outrageous prices. You know, it's now down to 90 pesos per test no? if you buy it from, you know. But it's a matter of teaching people how to use I use it at home and both my drivers tested positive. I said, wow, if I didn't have these tests here, I would be dead now. <laughs> I mean, I would have mm-hmm. been infected and I'm old and I have comorbidities. Na, no? mm-hmm. Pero lahat na ito would be part of the public health care system. I was talking about the National Health Service of Britain where they actually are encouraging home testing. Na, no? mm-hmm. So we're very, very... We emphasize the wrong things. Yeah, I wanted to move on to our cultural traits. No, madalas mong marinig pag may pinagdadaanan tayong crisis. Yung pandemya lang yung pinakahule. Pero marinig marin to pag may malakas na na bagyo, earthquake, uh, etc. Pinupuri tayong mga Pilipino as being very resilient. No, as a way of both praising and I guess comforting us. Is this a legitimate cultural trait? Anong anong take mo rito na? ang mga Pilipino ay very resilient uh, in the face of crisis. It's become a mantra. It's almost a mantra that it's whistling in the dark. No? Uh, uh, in the face of danger, we keep saying, diba, the government says we're resilient. We must be resilient. <laughs> I do not consider it resiliency. The most iconic photographs are those taken by foreign, foreign journalists. They love to do that, no? Of, floodwaters and then people are there nakangiti pa nakaposing uh-huh. pa sila right uh-huh. playing so, means sa nagtalaro pa no sa baha meron mm-hmm. ng playing basketball and there there was one asia week uh, many years ago showing a group of men drinking no in floodwaters with the table out in the floodwaters no and i said you know this this really overlooks a lot of things no first do they do they actually think that that speaks of the filipino no for instance the drinking there no? i said Do you see any women drinking with the men? Of course not. Ang women are probably at home, nagmumura nga sila. Na, ang walang yung mister ko, ano inuubos ang budget natin sa inuuman. <laughs> Number two, of course, is does this really, uh, in psychology, kasi there's, there's a term here called learned helplessness, no? na awful experiments they did many years ago when there were still no ethical controls. No? They administered electric shock to dogs. No? And then they found that after a while, the dogs no longer whined, no longer. No? They just kept quiet. I mean, they learned to accept they were totally helpless. We see that with our dogs all the time, right? And that learned helplessness, the smiling, and ano, it's not resilience. It's often learned helplessness. No? Nandito na eh, sige, tanggapin natin. No? But we do not want to propagate that true resilience allows people to thrive no not to languish the things you mm-hmm. see there is passive acceptance that no? so people and they will languish partly also because they'll say na ano talagang wala na tayong magagawa no? but if we really want to move forward we do need to develop resilience because I, what we see is not resilience resilience comes when government and when private sector comes together to buffer the impact of disasters no? so that people will have time and space to be able to think anong magagawa natin and also to give the options. Nabanggit mo nga sa isang recent column, Mike, na ang dapat maging resilient yung gobyerno. Correct, uh, while, yes. While, oh, while people are being seen as resilient, dapat yung gobyerno mas uh, nagpapakita rin ng resilience. Sila nga ang kulang eh. Na there's no flexibility. It's either bawal or pinapayagan. They don't allow for some flexibility there. Uh, I'm thinking of again of the testing kits, for example. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to ask you, people might want to know where your perspective is coming from. Nabanggit ko kanina na your, your special, specialization is medical anthropology. You know? I guess it's a subfield of 
anthropology and uh, I, I was you probably read Gideon Lascos uh, one of your one of your students one of your uh, proteges wrote recently why, why students should be studying more students should be studying anthropology because anthropology aims to help us understand each other and it's very important now because we're so polarized and divided uh, not just in the Philippines but but all over the world no but what's medical anthropology and um, about applications nito well naka tutok kami with on healthcare how do people keep themselves healthy what do they do when they get sick ano? and of course the pandemic has shown the importance of medical anthropology. Just one very quick example, yung cognitive. We've had several cases where people were actually already symptomatic, but they did not go for the testing or for professional health. And, you know, always, because I would interview them, bakit may delay? And, you know, during that delayed period, they infect other people. Mm-hmm. And then I say, pero may nararamdaman naman kayo, but hindi kayo nagandito ng, ng doktor. You know, their answers always is, akala ko, ano kasi nalamigan nang, or akala ko naulanan nan. Yung ano, no? Because if, the beliefs, if you get rained on, then you'll start to have those symptoms na, ano. And that, that short delay and the idea that it's rain that was causing that, can mean several more infections. No? So we we are very conscious about that because I run a school now. We're always telling our students, and then we find out that where did they get infected? They went off to attend a burol, no? a wake for someone. I said, sa panahon ng COVID, kahit hindi kayo pumunta, okay lang naman eh. Ay, hindi po nakakaya. Right? So the social obligations still bring people together. And I'm worried about Christmas, no? that we will still feel obligated, especially because government, again, is swinging to the other extreme and saying, we're all right now. No, We're now in level one. You just wait. Mm. We're going to get an outburst of infections again. And then dami na raw tao sa mga malls. Eh. Ako, umiiwas ako sa malls, no? pero nababalitaan ko na daming, pati mga babies, mga, mga, mga matatanda nag, na, nasa malls na. And they're not thinking the kids are still not vaccinated. No, karamihan ng mga bata. And then I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing of a lot of small children getting getting COVID, even babies. Mm-mm. Government also made the mistake sequestering kids for one and a half years. Now, again, we were one of the few countries in the world. So we should be opening the outdoors to the kids, not the malls, allowing them access to be able to go out to run to. Maybe playgrounds under supervision. Yeah, well, um, that's part of the problem, Mike. No, yung yung the malls now represent our public spaces. No, uh, kulang atay sa parks. I mean, ako in well, Quezon City, where I where I also live, makita mo yung mga bata naglalaro silang lahat sa well, hindi rin sila sumusunod doon sa sa rules. No, pero they're in the street. No, uh, and then if you're if you're driving a car, you have to kind of you know slowly travel those streets kasi ang daming bata nga sa, sa kalye so it's, it's been very difficult for, for them it takes us back to the preparedness ang, ang, ang problema nga is, hindi lang kulang ng public health eh. kulang talaga ng public spaces no? mm-hmm. anything public no? is, is missing we don't have public recreation you, you go to towns and you find the largest building is the cockfighting arena right? you will not find 
you won't find playgrounds for children. No, we're going to pay for that. No? Our children are just so stunted in terms of recreation. But you're an educator, Mike, and you you mentioned that you, you run a school, no? The schools in, in Tagaytay. Children have been locked up, no? Um, they've been homebound. Many children have been homebound. They're not going to school. They're with their parents all the time. Of course, that creates stress for the parents too, uh, who have to work. At the same time, they're also the teachers, no? Because you know, it's all homeschooling now. Uh, for many, uh, anong effect nito? What's the cultural impact of this uh, on the kids, especially? I homeschooled my son no, for, I mean, even before the pandemic, no. And homeschooling has its strengths. No? I said, "Ha, I tell my fellow parents, I said, "Andang handa kami kasi I've been doing that for years, no." Properly done, I think the because right now, like my other kids are also homes, not homeschooled, but they're they're attending online classes and they're doing very well, no? Because the way it's done with private schools, talagang binabantay ng teachers the whole day. They're they're supposed to wear their uniforms, but may <laughs> may structure, right? Uh, I worry about the public school uh, online because I've actually seen it, no? And it mm-hmm. it's a farce sometimes, no? The teachers don't go or the teachers don't have Wi-Fi, you know? Uh, and the term that you'll hear very often is learning losses. We are actually sliding backwards, no? This, the, the phenomenon you wish, we used to see during summers, kung hindi nag-aaral ang mga bata, they, they retrogress a bit. But now we're finding massive retrogression which we will have to catch up with and it's bad enough that we're at the bottom of the heap with the international academic comparisons of schools and now we're going to lag further behind so i worry about that i also worry about socialization imagine we already have two batches of college students who many of whom have never seen their fellow freshmen like my son. My son's a college freshman. He hasn't seen his his classmates or his professors in person yet. And I hope that that's going to change soon. No? There's an Ateneo professor, Professor Abad, uh, not the guy, who said on radio, and I laughed. No? She said, you know, you have stood... Ang kailangan kailangan natin sa mga estudyante na amoy nila ang par- ang mga kasama nilang kaklase. And I said, you know, I agree with that. If you can't smell your classmates, it's not a classroom. Na, no? I think the sense of smell is not just symbolic. No, unless you go through that, it's a very artificial environment for our young people that they can't smell each other, they can't hear each other, and they can't read each other's eyes. Na. Yeah, and 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 of course the other body expressions, no, yung body language, importante yan. and and it's tiring, no. Both the, the both of us, we do a lot of our work now uh, online on Zoom like this. Uh, what I get tired of is looking at my own face, no? Because if you're facing an audience, you don't have to look at yourself, di ba? Pero kung nakagallery, nagsasalita ka, uh, lalo na pag spotlight ka, I mean, you know, you want to look at something else aside from yourself talking, conscious ka, no? Mike, gusto kong balikan lang yung nabanggit mo kanina about um, certain folk beliefs, no? Sometimes for, you know, mo- for modern trained professionals, no? Medyo, they're often critical of folk beliefs, uh, sometimes condescending, no? But as an anthropologist, no? Uh, I'm sure you're, you're more open-minded about these. Are there certain cultural traits or folk beliefs that do you think are an advantage at this time? There's the idea because COVID is respiratory, no? So there's, there, people are turning to salabat, they're turning to turmeric drinks and all, no? And without 
making any claims, I think it's fine to say that's that's okay, right? I've seen actually some DOH things na hindi yan gamot. No one's ever make, made a claim na gamot yan. You know? And then the other one is I'm finding that many urban and rural people actually, hindi, hindi lang urban, are doing something called suob, you know, which is boiling certain herbs. Na, you know, and it, it's steam inhalation basically. You know? And it's done a lot of the urban poor communities. Na, no? And the government says, no, it should not be encouraged. No? Actually, Governor Gwen Garcia even issued a memorandum saying that it should be used. No? And the doctors were really furious. They said she's promoting something that doesn't work. But the thing is, in many of the traditional medical remedies, if you want to call it that, what's important is it brings comfort. Eh? Given mm-hmm. our uncertain times, it's like comfort food as well. It's something familiar to people. Eh? I mean, tayo, we don't use suob. We probably will not feel comforted by it. But many people, it evokes memories of nanay and all of that. No? And in this time of being alone and isolated, we have to look at psychosocial aspects of many of our traditional practices. No? Touch is, of course, very important, but we cannot touch each other. That's the problem right mm-hmm. now. No? Um, right. But we right. could connect, you know. I know you and I, we don't like Zoom and all of this, no? but maybe from time to time, I remind people, tawagan mo naman ang nanay mo, no? you, just to connect if they have someone who can do the Zoom, uh, especially in the early days. No? I was isolated from my family. My family was in Laguna. We kept in touch with uh, through, through Zoom. Nga, no? Well, certainly through social connections. No? I mean, malaking uh, advantage. Uh, especially if you have uh, if you have relatives, loved ones living far away, you know. But doing all of our work, as opposed to you mga in person going to the office, going to the field, you know. I, of course, I, as a documentary maker, I'm so used to physically moving around, you know, flying to Mindanao or the Visayas. Ngayon, it's hard to to travel anywhere. So that's uh, what I miss about our our old lives, no. But I want to ask you now about. Uh, the near future, no? Kasi umiinit na ang politika, no? Uh, how is our political culture changing in your view? If it's changing at all, in political culture natin. Listen to the sounds and stories of the Philippines where myths, legends, and folktales passed down by word of mouth from our ancestors continue to give every Filipino quick escape and a deep connection to our enchanting nature the sounds and stories of the philippines follow and listen for free only on spotify i want to ask you now about uh, the near future no kasi umiinit na ang politika no uh, how is our political culture changing in your view if it's changing at all in political culture natin. What comes to my mind right away, of course, is the showbiz aspects, which, which have always been there. But the, oh, we, the had an, we already had an actor as president, no? si Joseph Estrada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but the, the campaigns were characterized nung una by guns, goons, and gold. No? <laughs> and then they added on glitter, which is artista and all of these celebrity things. No? <laughs> and that has intensified. But I think there's a very alarming convergence, it intensified together with the populism, uh, which is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, the idea that you have you have leaders now who claim that they are pro-masa nga, no? and that you were neglected by your elite politicians before. And Chang, here I am. No? So everything is so showbiz, <laughs> so performative. No? But we're seeing, especially these last two days, no? na 
it's becoming ridiculous no? because it, it's performing for the sake of performing. And I have to say the scripts are bad, the settings are bad, the direction is bad, and it's stunting us. No? No, parang pinaglaruan ang voters. No? It's making a travesty of it, just this party thing. The political parties don't mean anything anymore, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So what, what do the politicians stand for? They only stand for their personalities, just like your celebrities, no? mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you idolize them for their personality rather than what their ideals are. Okay, speaking of which, very specific and prominent case. Our president is seen by his followers, especially as uh, quote-unquote authentic. No, He's like a regular guy, nagkakamay, pag uh, kumakain, simpleng mamuhay, nagmumura. Walang, walang pasensya sa common etiquette or social norms. You know? May mga sektor ng populasyon na, na, na shock na shock noon nung unang una siyang uh, nakilala. No? Pero na-shock din itong same demographics na popular pala, may appeal pala yung ganong klaseng personality. You know? And supposedly that's, that was part of the key to his, his victory and his election as, as president. No? So it's actually become a kind of formula for success. No? So has he changed? our culture or is this kind of a, a blip lang a hiccup or are we going to see many more political leaders na nagmumura in public bullying cracking rape jokes outlier ba ang ating pangulo ngayon or is he a a harbinger of of our future in politics unfortunately populism is a wave that is it's global na no? si Trump at Bolsonaro na naman yung dalawa na yan ang dumi din ng bunganga they, bastos no i mean that's a trademark of of the three no our, our pacific version and then the one in latin america and the one who fortunately is out of washington i would like to think that will this election will make a change you're comforting me nga when you i said oh nga no at least none of the other candidates are bastos no? so far right the thing here is will one of them win no? I'm just trying to think here na ano eh. because of course our greatest fear is a victory of Marcos Jr. right? Hindi naman ata yan magmumura, no? And, yeah, and he doesn't talk about his private parts or the private parts of other yes. people. That's uh, that's another thing. Medyo may medyo may uh, may breeding naman ng konti, no? <laughs> he stay in Oxford Health, no? Even if he didn't get his <laughs> diploma. But that's another story. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he's up, he may breeding naman, but then he's surrounded you know, actually, who, who surrounds him? We should try to probe more deeply into that. And what will his agenda be? That's the other thing. And there's no agenda. It's always talking about bringing back the good old days no? that never really existed. The golden era mm-hmm. of his father. He's not half as bright as his father, which also worries me. Should we be worried? Or maybe it's good that he's not as bright as his father. Well, I, I want to ask you, you know, because he has led uh, some public opinion surveys. And what I'm curious about is he hasn't exactly been that active in the last several years. I guess the most that he's been known for is challenge niya yung victory ni Vice President uh, Robredo for the past several years in the Supreme Court. But apart from that, you don't see him like rushing to disaster sites to give ayuda or the usual things politicians do who want to become president. No? 
parang he's been lying low and then bigla na lang nandiyan na siya he's on billboards ano ano what do you think is the key to his appeal no marami kang makakausap sa lansangan pati mga bata no they he appeals to them somehow uh, they say they want to vote for him even though he's not held, held any position he doesn't even head an organization that offers uh, humanitarian assistance that kind of thing no what's the key to his appeal that's why i said nga namukhang they have been building up They've been building him up, and this is going to be paradoxical, building him up by keeping him low-key. No? Para hindi siya controversial, he's your, your, mm-hmm. typical, your typical Filipino na hindi mayabang, hindi alone, because he doesn't represent anything except a mythological era. Right? He is riding really on his father's name. Maybe someone to watch more is Amy Marcos because she's been able to make herself a bit more mortal, right? Because she's, she has to be as governor. I'm trying to remember what issues she took up, no? which were clearly angling for a more populist mm-hmm. mode. She's a bit smarter there. Actually, you know, think about it. Imelda was, in a way, populist mm-hmm. in her own way, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm one oh. with you. I'm, I'll need more time to think about this. Okay, no problem. Back yeah, yeah. Up, back to the question of cultural impact of this time. Sometimes I hear from teachers, no, some uh, elementary school teachers, uh, even before the pandemic, they hear their students cursing more. Of course, this is all anecdotal. You know, and then when when the drug drug war was at its peak, you'd you'd see it reflected in children's art. You know, policemen killing, you know, addicts and that kind of thing. And will this be hard or easy to overcome? I mean, in terms of our resilience, no? Uh, if you consider it also uh, something traumatic, no? Will our resilience help us overcome this? This is probably less to do with a populist president, no? mm-hmm. except, of course, he initiated the war on drugs. No? But yes, we, we live in a hyper-violent society, hyper mean society. No? Parang by default, no? I noticed that uh, some years back already, by, by default, if you enter social media, you have to be mean. No? As chancellor, I had to live with that. No? You, you, you would see the, mo- the meanest types. Of, and you, you heard about, uh, no, no? We, we had one suicide, which is a direct effect of the cyberbullying. No? They descended on him for three days and then he killed himself. No? And we had to intervene. We say, you take down every posting you did. No? And then, you know, these crazy students. The next day, which was a Monday, they needed psychosocial counseling. No? I mean, it did any good. It was to make them realize you can kill someone through the internet, ano, the bashing in there. No? But again, it's the anonymity. We know that. No? The anonymity, although in some instances, people want to be known to be mean, no? uh, but we had to deal with fraternities as well. The postings they did were homophobic, anti- misogynist, anti-Muslim. Ano, no? That was Upsilon, and I'll name them. No? We, mm-hmm. we had a long-standing battle with them as well. No? So, so. Yeah, that's social media for you. It's creating a very mean culture. Just before we move on from fraternities, no, because that that's that they have their own culture, no, and their own traditions, and and of course you're an anthropologist, no, and I'm sure you you've thought a lot about this. I mean, what what has always stumped me is even fraternities based in in law school, in law schools, not just at UP, you know, they've been known to engage in violence, no, and yet the law school is, is supposed to teach you how to resolve conflict peacefully through the law, right? 
So why is there such a huge contradiction? No, uh, parang fraternities they're among the most violent student organizations. Like you can't think of any. Certainly, student publications are not known to have rumbles, diba? Pero fraternities may ganong kultura, even killing, no, killing each other, and yet they're studying the law, which is supposed to be teaching them how to resolve conflicts uh, in through the law, through through peaceful and uh, more civilized ways, no. Anong take mo jan? Anong take mo sa fraternities? The underlying stratum there is the feminists always say it's the it's toxic masculinity, no? but I think there's much more there. There's the old tribalism, no? Lakas parina tribu tayo, no? All for us, all for one, and outsiders are barbarians. That's the actual term that's used, no? You're not a fraternity member. You're you're a barbarian, nga. Barbarian ako, no? Yeah, uh, ironic, uh, ironic na tayo pang hindi nakikipagramble yung barbaric. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway. But but I think it feeds also into a very transactionalist society nga. And because law schools prepare people for politics, and so I'm not surprised that we continue to have that transactional politics and uh, mm-hmm. many join it because then that helps them towards social mobility. Where everything is in exchange for something, eh? No, makwenta, makwenta ang ano, mm-hmm. mga abogado and mga politicians nga no, you scratch, yung you owe me. That's the old uh, constant and here. No? And then the violence becomes almost like dressing in here. No? The violence, sadly, is what binds them together, which is why some years ago, uh, a very small campaign, which I didn't. I don't think it actually worked, no. But they tried to get an alternative message. This was from fraternity members, no. And the slogan was very striking, no. Hindi nananakit sa kapwa brad ang mga brads. They actually had to have a campaign over that. I don't think it clicked, though. No? But that's the irony. No? And this, this, this was in relation to hazing. But the hazing mm-hmm. is supposed to make a man out of you and get you through that passage to become a full-fledged brad. And never mind that you beat up your full-fledged brad to a pulp. No? And we're seeing mm-hmm. that in PMA, in Philippine National Police Academy. Uh, that is another very, very dangerous uh, strand in Philippine culture that we have to deal with. Remember Violent that, hazing. Mm-hmm. Violent mm-hmm. hazing. Well, the fraternity thing, I think, is an anachronism. But, you know, I was so shocked. I was I, My driver brought me to his... He, he lives in Caloca, no? And... That's where I found out that Tau Gamma is very active there, meaning you have residents, adults, no, who are members of Tau Gamma. And then there's another mm-hmm. frat. So there are two frats there. And they're, I guess they're the equivalent of lions for the for masang. If someone dies, there's mutual help. And mm-hmm. all. But the fraternity, the idea there is still a fraternity-based. It's a bit disturbing for me. No? I would like to be convinced that they're, they're productive, but I hear also amazing. Okay, Mike, I know you need to write your column, no? but I can't end this conversation without asking you about your very popular course at UP uh, on human sexuality. No? You've been identified also as a professor of sex and culture. And uh, I read recently you even gave a webinar on Cliteracy 101. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Cliteracy, of course, the root word is, it's a coined word, but the, one of the root words is clitoris, of course. So you as a male are actually talked about this. Anyway, this this might be of interest to many people, but I've seen critiques by, by more conservative commentators uh, saying that the way, the way sex education is often taught 
uh, it it leads to promiscuity, you know, unwanted pregnancies, sexually transmitted diseases because it's often taught without, you know, spiritual values, uh, Christian values, uh, that kind of thing and kind of implies that you can have sex outside of marriage. What's your usual response to that? My response there is let's do a reality check. You know? People have to go out and look at what's happening there. You have teenage pregnancies. You have incestuous uh, pregnancies. You know, the, the teenage pregnancies, a certain percentage there is actually within the family. and People don't talk about it. You know? The STIs come about not because of promiscuity, but because there's just no information there. There's no protection of girls from trafficking. You know? I mean, who, get, who gets the infections? No? Actually, I haven't taught sex and culture in UP for years, no? but uh, I find myself having to teach again because of the new school that I'm handling. No? And all our students are scholars because they come from very poor families. No? And their levels of awareness of sexuality. What ages are they, Mike? Just, just for our information. Uh, they're all college students. They're 18 to 22. No? Mm -hmm. So they're not young anymore, right? But their levels of knowledge of sexuality is very, very low. I've been working with Likaan, which is a women's organization. They helped me with the sexuality education in our school. Then I helped them also with their program for adults. No? And that's, that's the literacy webinar that you may have heard of. No? And the only reason that a male is talking about that is that we still have to wait for a woman who's willing to talk about the clitoris. No? For, and it's, it's important to bring that up. As well, no? You mean there's a lack of women, even women scholars or teachers or feminists who are not willing to talk about the clitoris, you know, the science of it and the cultural aspects? Mm -mm. I think the time will come, you know, you're giving me another idea. I'm going to tell Lika, and I'm not going to lecture <laughs> anymore. You guys will have to do the lecturing. But even in the West, the awareness of clitoris makes me avoid using the word itself. Uh, the levels of clitoris are also quite low. Eh? And this was what caught my attention about five or six years ago. The French government ordered the 3D printing of thousands and thousands of clitorises. I show it to so many people, women included, and they don't know what it is. No? This gets conversations going no? and people feel actually more comfortable after talking about this in clitoracy. But we're also doing men's health, and that's also a problem. Men are not quite aware, for example, of their capabilities. They're not aware of the prostate. So we're doing the campaign because I'm of that age right now <laughs> uh, where you could get prostate problems. Then. And the awareness is also very low. No? So we get a lot of questions here. Kung balikan natin na ano, when conservatives say it can lead to promiscuity and all, it just doesn't hold water. I think that, on the contrary, it makes people appreciate their relationships better. You know? If we can just bring everything out into the open. I think the movie industry, for example, has been moving with the times. You know? But people are thinking, wow, grabe naman sila, nangyayari ba yan? For example, Momol Nights. You know? This this was <laughs> on Netflix. You know? mm -hmm. uh, I always ask adults, you know what Momol is? No? Half of them won't know what mm. Momol is. I say, your kids know what it is. No? It's make out, <laughs> make out lang. No? And if you don't want to confront the issues, then your, your children are, I mean, it's your loss no? in terms of, your children are going to get the information, whether you like it or not. It's not like premarital sex is a recent thing. No? It's been going mm. on for years and years. It's just mm. that people Since could get married. At, <laughs> yeah, and people could get married at the age of 14 before. Uh -oh. I mean, 
Yeah, and, yeah. and girls could get married at 14. Oh. Now we're telling them to wait. But how long will they wait? The average age for marriage now is 28. But Mike, no, we might have triggered some people's interest uh, since, since it's a new word and maybe a new concept for a lot. No, Yung cliteracy, in a nutshell, what is this and why is this worth talking about? It's recognizing that there is women's sexuality and it's a very powerful sexuality, which is why the other thing I always point out is that even medical textbooks rarely have this correct representation. There has been so little done on this no, until fairly recently. And women know it though. Okay? It's just that they never visualized it as this. No? And a lot of this was suppressed because it was actually seen as dangerous no, for women to discover their full potential. It's recognizing the other half of sexuality because all our conversations on sexuality tends to be very male-focused, right? It's the penis that makes the world go round. No? And then now you know it's actually the clitoris that can challenge that. No? I think you said during that webinar that there was a misconception that sexual pleasure or orgasms occurred because the penis was rubbing against the vaginal walls when it's actually the clitoris that was being stimulated and triggering uh, orgasms. Right. And which means that you probably don't even need the guy. <laughs> I think that's what's so yeah. scary. But your audience, no, is it mostly women? Since Abimo, women already know this stuff. Maybe it's the men who should be listening to these ideas. That's why I love working with Likaan because Likaan is, is community-based. No? They, they work with the urban poor. So when we have these webinars, uh, sometimes parents with children. No? I said, we should give awards to all those parents who bring in their children to listen to the conversations. No? And I was joking about that thing that not Precisely if men would recognize that women have this, that your your sexuality is much more complementary if you have a recognition of each other's capabilities. No? And of course, for gay and lesbian, you know, there are many implications as well. You know, when you have two women, for example, but that will mean another half an hour of discussions. In yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we have to pace up also to a very, one of the biggest changes I've seen having worked on sexuality over the last year is the emergence of transgenders, you know, the coming out of transgenders. It's just so mm. amazing. My own niece came out to me and said that from now on, she wants to be called they. You know, the non-binary mm. thing. Yes. And then okay. I said, in that case, you'll have to think of a new way to call me because I don't want to be called uncle anymore. And we decided on uncle, A-N-K-O-L, which is a combination <laughs> of auntie and uncle. It sounds more like the Ilongo way of saying uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's revolutionizing our lives no? and making life hard for school administrators as well. Like, do we have a third toilet now? Or will we have that for the transgender? All gender. Parang my all gender CR. Yeah. Oh. But the world is changing. Uh, no? For the better or for the worse? I would like to think for the better. Sex- Sexuality-wise. For politics, it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay. But maybe it'll follow sexuality one of these days. Maybe. No? Yeah. May- hopefully soon. But we need to let you go. Mike, you've already shared so much and we know you have other things to do. So maraming salamat, uh, Dr. Michael Tan, for this uh, wide-ranging conversation from COVID to political culture to cliteracy. We've all learned a new term now. And 
for our listeners, you can look it up. There's probably a lot more information online. And Mike himself has given webinars on this and will probably do so again in the future. Thank you for sharing your time and knowledge, uh, Mike, No, uh, and uh, your, your, your long perspective from the analog age to... To social media and whatever is going to come next, you know, we're better informed because of this conversation. May you continue to write and educate for a long time to come. Uh, mabuhay ka, Dr. Michael Tan. Raming salamat, Howie. This episode was produced by the team of Eva Ercilia and Pau Requesto and edited by J.R. Magtoto with the wonderful people of GMA News and Public Affairs Digital. Thank you for staying with us until the very end. That shows long attention span. Nakakatalino yan, promise. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Till the next pod, mabuhay kayo at ingat lagi.